If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Welcome to another bite-sized edition of Happy Mum, Happy Baby. Today I have chosen a clip of one of my oldest mates, Izzy Judd. I have known Izzy via our husbands, because they're in a band together, for quite some time. Uh, for about, I want to say 13, 14 years. And she has been very honest about the fact that becoming a mum was not easy for her. In this clip, she describes her journey with infertility, miscarriage and undergoing IVF. It is raw and real and hopefully it will be useful to anyone going through this or supporting someone else who is. So Izzy, I wrote a book at the start of the year called Happy Mum, Happy Baby. Yes. In this book, I talk very openly and honestly about, you know, becoming pregnant, miscarriage, um, becoming a mum and uh, and discovering if I was the mum that I thought I was going to be and all of that jazz. And in Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast, I'm inviting other people to do the same. Yeah. Rather nicely of you, you've written a book called Dare to Dream in which you have given such a beautifully honest account of your own, you know, your own journey into motherhood. I just want to talk to you about everything that's in that book. Like, literally, I have cried so much. And it's so weird. And I know that you said it when you read Happy Mum, Happy Baby. So even though I was there watching you mm-hmm. and go through all this stuff, it's very different reading it. Yeah, totally. And you see things in a completely different light. And so there would be times where I thought you were completely coping and things weren't even hitting you, you know, mm-hmm. and actually they weren't at all. And so tell me, first of all, what made you write Dare to Dream? I was just totally inspired to be honest about my experiences mm. with um, trying for a baby because of the reaction that I got from other couples once I did open up about the fact that it hadn't been a straightforward journey for us. Mm. You know, when Harry and I announced our pregnancy, I felt really conscious about how I could do that sensitively Mm. having been that person that's had to to see another announcement knowing that everyone I saw every announcement I saw hit me that little bit harder when you're trying for a baby um there is that thing isn't you're constantly looking at other people and kind of going if she can do it why can't I do it if that person can do it without even trying why is it you know and often you don't hear you know you just you make the assumption that it's happened very easily and very quickly for everybody mm. and it's not the case most of the time yeah. you know one in seven couples are affected by fertility issues um and yet it's somehow still a subject that's still very much left in silence so mm. i suppose 
you know, I wanted to write Dare to Dream so that I could be a companion and a comfort and support to other couples who were going through what we went through. And yeah. just from an emotional point of view, there's so so much out there that talks about the sort of science behind fertility yeah. or specific holistic treatments like acupuncture or nutrition, but there's very little that's actually emotionally mm. Uh, what it feels like and I suppose it's similar with you with with you know becoming a mum you know you talk about IVF though in such a beautiful way you know uh, I think people really are fearful of it and and you you talk about the magic of it and I love hearing that Mm. it's so beautiful and you know you see Lola and you just think I can't help but think back to what you've said about that picture of her as like a tiny embryo before being implanted and it is it's a miracle yeah I mean, I think I see, you know, I, I've met a lot of couples now who, mm. are, who are facing um, fertility struggles and and about to embark on IVF, and I can see the fear yeah. um, in people's faces. And, and of course, it is, it's difficult. You know, mm. there are the injections, there are the side of it that is very challenging mentally and physically for a woman to go through. Also, you know, it might be financially that they only have one round and the stress that that puts on on you as a person that you've just got this one shot that it feels like that and so for me I felt strongly that I wanted to try and shift the perspective that people have about IVF because knowledge is is everything Mm -hmm. and I suppose at the moment you know because we're not necessarily speaking openly about it women are frightened and I just wanted to explain my experiences from a different point of view and you know for me the experience was magical it was totally not what I had expected Mm. it to be when you had such a crappy time before that yeah you know it's the way that you viewed it you turned it into something magical you know it's your own perception of it and you know what you did with it which you're hoping to for other people to see really yeah I mean for me IVF was the first time I felt there was any hope Mm. that this might actually happen you know I had I think probably I I was very depressed, actually, Mm. because I knew I battled with anxiety and I felt that anxiety was what was holding me back from being able to conceive. And it's really, really difficult when you know that your body needs to relax and you know all these, it doesn't matter, you know, you can read it, people say it to you, but if you are just not built that way and you naturally respond to things with an anxious mind... yeah. You know, I spent those months leading up just completely having a battle with myself because I so wanted to be different, but Mm. I couldn't help the way I was. And I just think my body just didn't feel that it was safe. And you've had anxiety for a long time. You've lived with it for Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you've been been around and um, Mm. you've seen firsthand. Yeah. um, Which a lot of people haven't no and I think unless you see it unless you really experience it I think it's very easy to kind of shrug it off and be like oh you know whatever Mm. get over yourself it's just whatever and actually it's not that at all no you've spoken about it to me actually a lot in the past for fiction work that I've been writing you've spoken to me about panic attacks and anxiety and and I think the way that you kind of talk about it all rational thinking goes out the window Mm. and in that moment there's that nothing exists outside of this what you're living through exactly and I I think anxiety 
you know, I now have to look at it as a friend yeah, rather than my enemy. And I have learnt. And actually, you know, becoming a mum changes things in terms of the fact that when you're with a child, you're very, very present. Mm-hmm. You know, you're very much in that moment. You're you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about what your child's need is at that time of the day. And so you're you're actually not able to drift yeah. to think too forward or too back. You're, you're, you're very much with the moment. And I think one of the greatest kind of cures, I suppose, of my anxiety anyway, was to try and get my mind present. Um, so in a way, Lola's kind of saved me a bit really? in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. So funny as well, because I think anyone who, who knows you, any of my mates, when they find out that you've got anxiety and that you've battled with it for a long time, it doesn't marry up with the person they see. Because mm. I think you're such a carer. And I think oh. you go out of your way to make other people feel good. You're very welcoming in any situation. So you kind of put yourself out there. And I think maybe on a much large, larger scale, that is what Lola does for you. you. She's given you something massive to care for. Yeah. And it does take you out of yourself. I'm sure you're I'm sure you're right. And I think, you know, going through fertility issues, mm. that is something you have no control over. Yeah. And when you're you know, when you have anxiety, or certainly for me, the way I dealt with it was if I could control the situation, then I could control the anxiety. Mm. Um So how did you deal with that through all of the fertility stuff? Yeah, you know, it's so strange because do you mean with IVF? Yeah, all of it? well, all of it, because, yeah. Yeah, so I think initially, you know, that was what was so difficult because I had no control. Mm. You know, I had no... I didn't know whether it was going to happen that month or not, and I didn't know if it was going to happen. And living in that space is terrifying yeah. when all you want is to be a mum and you no one can tell you. And it's very hard when people sort of say to me, what would your advice be or because that's the thing with fertility it's such a you know even when doctors say that oh you will not conceive naturally and then you hear of stories where they do Mm -hmm. there's this sort of mystery surrounding it that even you know science is amazing IVF is you know I mean it's only been going what 38 Mm -hmm. years it's still relatively new but I do I do feel that it's one of those things that if we can try and just, for me anyway, look at it from a positive light yeah. and really believe that miracles, that it can happen, mm. that for me was a much better way to, to live my life than being in fear of it, Yeah, if that makes sense. Kind of embracing what you're going through. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. You know, definite stages I went through. Um, the initial panic, mm. the initial rush to the doctors, the medical intervention. Just let's fix it. What do I need to take? What do I need to do? And then when I reached a realisation that actually this isn't going to happen straight away. Mm. And so I need to think about this differently. I made a decision to do a complete detox, mind, body, soul, yeah. everything. Yeah. I did stop trying. OK, yeah, you know, you hope that you'll fall pregnant, but and I didn't have the same... in your head sometimes, isn't there? I'm going to stop trying, but there's hope. <laughs> yeah, of course. There's always yeah. that, what was that twinge? What, yeah. You know, there was, I was definitely... Boobs are feeling a bit funny Yeah, exactly. The go- I was definitely still on Google and I was definitely... But I, I did manage... I, something shifted. Yeah. So by the time I got to actually 
have IVF because it was pretty clear that I was going to need help. Mm -hmm. My helping hand, I like to (laughs) think of IVF. I was in such a good place mentally and physically that it was the right time for me to go to go in for it Mm. rather than that panicked fix it state that's really interesting because I think for me so after I um after I had my miscarriage I felt really angry and um I hated everything about my body I just Mm. was in such a, a horrible place and actually I needed to grieve I needed to get through that period and it's only when I started having like a proper detox and being kinder to myself that I felt pregnant with Buzz yeah Um, you know and I think there are those moments that are so tough but we have to we have to allow them to happen because that's that's just emotion and they have to come out and and I do think that eventually hopefully you'll find yourself in a spot where you are kinder yeah exact to yourself yeah yeah I mean I remember clearly witnessing you and the emotions surrounding Mm. your miscarriage. Yeah. And it's incredibly tough at that time, you know. I think I was able to connect Mm -hmm. with it. But it is very, very... If you haven't haven't gone through it... Yeah. It is is difficult to really... But you did an amazing thing for me. You came over the day it happened, you know, the boys were off doing a radio tour, I think. And uh, and uh, and you came over. It was a week before your wedding. Yeah. You had a bunch of favors that you had to stick stickers on some matchboxes. How awful and... am I, basically? <laughs> no, it was amazing because you weren't coming over and going. Let's talk about this. Mm. It was you gave me an activity to do, and we could talk about it if I wanted to. You know, and I've heard miscarriage talk about the loneliest grief, and you know, like with IVF, I think miscarriage is something that we don't talk about enough because we're fearful that it's going to happen to us. Yeah. Um, and so I think these are all things that we all need to start talking about, really. I mean, it's it's interesting, though, you saying that, I, you know, I brought over that job for you mm. to do. Because I speak in my book about my brother's accident, right. uh, Rupert, who had a, you know, as you know, had a um, very serious car accident. And he had an extensive brain op- uh, surgery and it mm. was 12 hours long. Um, my mum's dear friend turned up the morning with a a load of curtains that needed hooking you know (laughs) and I think that's what made me think oh I'll that was what my mum needed it's not necessarily that you want someone to come to you don't want to talk about it you don't want somebody Mm. to fix it you don't want somebody to you you just want someone to be there yeah and so I remember my mum always really appreciating having Mm. that friend that sort of yeah you knew they were there if you yeah. needed to talk, but you didn't have to talk, you know, if... Because, I, I mean, I get asked, how do I help a friend going through yeah. IVF or, you know, and sometimes I just think it's it's sometimes okay not to know what to say, mm-hmm. but just to, you know, let your friend know that you're there yeah. if you want to talk. I absolutely love that chat with Izzy. It's a funny thing when I invite friends on the podcast because life is so busy and, you know, now that we all do have children, you know, the conversations are broken, they're interrupted. So to actually get someone in front of me, even though there's a mic in front of us, it's something so intimate and lovely and, you know, we're having chats and being able to go deeper than we would in any other situation. So it was a joy to sit down and talk to Izzy about 
you know, everything that she's been through. And actually, I highly recommend reading Izzy's book, Dare to Dream. She writes so beautifully and describes how hard it was, um, but it's also full of hope. Thanks for listening to this bite-sized episode. If you enjoyed it, please do share it with anyone who might find it useful. For more episodes like this and all of the ordinary, you know, the big Happy Mum Have Baby podcast episodes, the full ones, make sure you hit subscribe. Thank you so much and I'll see you soon. Bye. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas... You will be timed. <laughs> <laughs> you will be right Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. Like you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.